Okay, listen up. You're now locked into the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. DJ Bugsy is bringing back the essence of hip hop. Hear the voices from the artists, the DJs, and the movers and shakers that keep the culture alive. Most importantly, they keeping it the hip hop. Hey, DJ Bugsy, you ready? <laughs> and now to our regular scheduled program. What up, what up? It's your boy DJ Bugsy. Do it for Hip Hop Podcast, episode 113. It's good to be back on the Miggity 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 mic. I want to give a big shout out to my man Eric on the uh, boards and my man Scooter on the visuals. I got a Philly legend in the building, man. I'm trying to tell y'all that this interview has been in a process for some time, but it's always go time when it comes to me and it's always go time when it comes to him. I want to give a big shout out to my man Simon. One Punch Car, Mr. Everywhere You Never Did is in the building for sure. Yes, yes. I appreciate it, man. Thanks oh, no for having problem, me, man. man. No problem, uh, man. man. A long time coming, man. It's just, <laughs> it's a pleasure just to be here, man. And it's right. literally one mm. of those things where you feel like you can be anywhere in the world, but I'm right here with you, man. And, and we I appreciate that. We just yeah. was talking about that. Yeah, man. So uh, let's get right into it, man. So... Man, boxing is one of my favorite sports ever since a kid. When I was 10 years old, I remember my pop ordering pay-per-view and watching Tyson and Spinks and Tyson knocking out Spinks in 91 seconds. I want to take you back to those days, but even early before that, you growing up and what your childhood was like and what brought you to boxing just like what brought me to boxing. Wow. So real quick, Mm -hmm. um, what got me into boxing was the fact that I always used to fight a lot. Okay. And um the interesting thing is about the fighting was I uh I didn't know I had a gift until mm-hmm. I was in the middle of a gift. So right. um each time I fought the crowds got bigger mm-hmm. and they got bigger. And then next thing you know, I'm talking about girls standing on cars, swinging book bags, saying, Simon is fighting, Simon fighting. Mm. So one day, um, I'm out in front of my house, mm-hmm. and it's about 200 kids outside, standing on cars, on people's steps and porches. I'm seeing women in the window, and they like, yo, get off my step, get off my car, and these kids. And I'm like, in hindsight, looking back at it, mm-hmm. I could have been a you know a multi-millionaire off that footage just alone because right. it would have been viral. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And uh, I just feel like yo, that was a mixed opportunity. But the key and the gift of a you know of the situation was the fact of my uncle heard the commotion outside, mm-hmm. and he comes outside and he breaks up. He sees all these kids. And he sees me in a mix fighting. Right. And he runs outside and he breaks me, you know, breaks the fight up. Pull me in the house and said, damn, man. Right. Why you always fighting? You fight so much. You might as well <laughs> go to a gym and get paid for it. Right. And I thought about it and I said, all right, all right well, let's right. go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So the very first time mm-hmm. I ever saw his two pieces on that lesson was the very first time I ever... Travel by myself mm-hmm. at 12 um, to North Philadelphia. I was living in South Philly at the time. So are you from South Philly? I'm from South Philly. South Philly. And the very first time, yes. The P. Yes, for sure. What part? Um, At that time, I was uh-huh. staying, uh, mm-hmm. it's a section called Across the Tracks. 
Right, um, Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter Street. Yeah, I was actually yeah. living on 23rd and Carpenter. Okay. I'm from 20th and McKellen. Wow, so then you already you know, know. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, the, I'm on the other side yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, right. That so that side, mm-hmm. just growing up, and I'm talking about going to Pierce School, and anybody that know Pierce, that was a notorious spot. And those those streets, them three streets, mm-hmm. we we lived in, in, the, in the sector. So from 24th Street... 23rd Street was a, you know what I mean, was a was was a a neutral land. Mm-hmm. One block. Right. We had a little store called Andy's. You run to that store and you out. Yeah, That's it. I know about Andy's. So, so I the, to next, Andy's as a young boy. the next street uh-huh. over was 22nd Street was a, a notorious block. It was was dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you was from 22nd Street. Right. And then we had another neutral block called 21st Street. Right. You know, when they had a Mr. Store by the name of Mr. Bummies, and they had video games. And he had the first time I ever seen a bean pie was in there. He had final <laughs> calls in there. Yeah, right. so yeah. we were going in Mr. Bummies to play the game. And now the next block is 20th Street. So they got St. Charles Skating Ring. We right. go sk- skating. Yeah, I went there many a time. And 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 behind there, it was Arthur School. Yeah, so they had the basketball court at Arthur. Yeah, and it's 20th and Carpenter. Yeah, you know, so you if you, you if you went in with these three sh- streets, yeah. notoriously, right? Nineteenth Street was a dangerous section, but twentieth and Carpenter. So if you went from twentieth Street, if you went from twenty second Street or twenty fourth Street, you was out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, all, and if and you had to be bad to go through all three of them streets to get down to the YMCA, which mm-hmm. was on Seventeenth Street, Seventeenth and Christian. So you already know. And subsequently, when I started boxing, mm-hmm. I had to go through all Those three of them streets. streets to go to Mary Anderson Boxing Gym. That was on 16th Street. Right. So 16th, 17th, 17th and Fitzwater, but it's adjacent to 16th Street. So it was two, three different, three different dangerous sections that you had to go through. Absolutely. Subsequently, mm-hmm. On the corner of Mary Anderson, mm-hmm. it's a part where we now know, you know what I mean, notoriously, it's called the Green Gate. And you know that Green Gate, that's where Meek and them is from. Right. They're from the corner of Catherine, 18th and Catherine. Catherine. Right. Absolutely. So to go right through there, I'm yeah. in that same building. building. Right. So Mary Anderson, 16th Street, the Myers. Mm-hmm. 20th and Carpenter, notorious, you know, dangerous game, 22nd Street. And I lived on 24th Street, 23rd. So that, bam. So I had to be bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You, 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 you had to be battle tested. So I was born differently. I was right. So 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 that was a section that we call the small side. Mm-hmm. And coming from there, like I said, we were fighting every day. Right. And each day, I didn't, you know what I mean? So... I didn't have no brothers, so who I'm going to go get? Right. It was me. It, it you was know you. what I'm saying? Right. And so um, fighting, fighting, getting suspended from school, coming back from suspension, going right back out. So when my uncle told me, listen, you need to go to a, a boxing gym, he only knew at that time Joe Frazier's gym. Mm. So he gave me my first instructions. And the instructions were, 
listen, take this subway. Mm-hmm. Go get off for one. Brought in Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Run down a half a block. You'll see a big glass window on the corner. Yeah. Look at that there. Go to Glenwood. Mm-hmm. If you go past the bridge, you went too far. Right. It's going to be and a you were young. school. I was 12 years old, 11 going on 12. So that was the very first time Damn, on the bus, so. very first time on the mm-hmm. subway. Right. And the very first time in that same encounterment going into a boxing gym. Now, let me ask you this. So once you went into the gym, I want to know what age did your pro career officially start? Because I know what boxers, they want you to go through the amateurs first Mm -hmm. and obtain goals and accolades in that part of of boxing, and then you go pro. But what was your first pro fight? Do you remember? I do. I do. And who who did you fight? And and did you feel like once you got that first win, let's let's go. Like was was that really the the battery that kind of like sparked you, sparked you to say I can be one of the greatest? So no, let's let's back up some. Okay, it wasn't really that. So boxing since I was twelve, right? Started competing at thirteen years old, mm. and competing, I was boxing every every week. You know, every it had damn near all these shows. Mm-hmm. So I boxed, and one thing about boxing, it was a universal sport. So you knew you start knowing people from all over Germantown, West, North. We were going all over. Mm-hmm. And one thing, interesting thing about that um, vehicle, I I should say, was the fact that it opened up a portal that took me all around the world. So with wow. boxing, mm-hmm. I started competing. Right. And had it not been for that vehicle of boxing, I would be a typical kid on the street corner, on the Chinese store corner. Right. So I'm grateful for that. Right. And that that avenue mm-hmm. allowed me to see some of the places early on all over the world. We was going to Puerto Rico. We was going to, mm-hmm. you know, um, Charlotte. We was going to Virginia. We was going all over. Right. And in in this vehicle of boxing. So I was competing every week. And then that same vehicle took me all the way up to, you know, um, the nationals into the Olympic trials in 1996, where some of the great ones. Yeah. Was and I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. 1996 Olympics. So that's when Floyd took his first loss. Yes. And he was really upset about it. Mm-hmm. So, can you take me to that time frame? Because you was there, correct? I was. And you competed yourself. Well, that's just the interesting thing about that. Mm-hmm. On even me going to go compete, that's when some hardships happened in my life that set me back. During that time? A decade. Yes, yes. Okay, tell me about the hardships. So um, on an eve of me going to... Um, you know, to compete, to, to, Atlanta. to qualify to Atlanta because right. we had one more national. I came home for, um, we had just did the Keystone State Games in Virginia. I won that. Okay. And I had an invitation to go to, you know, 
qualify for, for the, the Olympic, yeah, for the Olympic to be an Olympic alternate. Now the alternate is one of the Olympic the people that's on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. If somebody get cut, hair butted, or hurt, they can't they right, can't go for they it. Can't, then it's you, you're right? So I'm and we qualifying for that. So to be an alternate. So on the even me going out. I come back and subsequently somebody was breaking into my home where me and my early grandma resided at. And out of fear for the safety of my life and my grandma's life, I fired out the, you know, out the window, you know, not knowing mm-hmm. what was there. I just, you know what I mean, heard noises and right. come back subsequently, you know what I mean, um, somebody wound up dying. And, who? Uh, the, who? It was, some, you know what I mean, somebody that was young. Okay. You know, they were, you know, in my backyard. Right. Thinking there's somebody older. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Five o'clock in the morning. Okay. And um, just, you know, seeing shadows. Okay. And you like, whoa. You know what I mean? Dogs. Right. And, and um, it was a real tragic situation subsequently. Somebody wound up dying and, you know what I mean? And they came back and charged me for it. And, you know, I went away for nearly a decade. You know what I so mean? So you were charged with manslaughter? Murder, third degree. Really? Yes. So, damn, that shit crazy, man. I mean, it's it's like shit like that. I I would I probably would have did the same shit cuz you anybody would have. Right. And now we're, we're in a situation in life, right? You know, at that time, you know, based on mm-hmm. my celebrity and who I was, you know, and when living in it wasn't like we were living on Rodeo Drive. We lived in a fragmented structure, you know, mm-hmm. of the P, anybody, you know. And I was just trying to protect my family, you right. know. And now when we're looking at it, you know, in, in time, in hindsight, there's so many home invasions. Right. So many people that's running up in people's cribs. Right. Doing stuff to people and everything. So it's just like, a, you know what I mean? You know, right. it's like, wow. You know, you 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 getting penalized and about protecting your family, you, right. you know your loved ones, mm-hmm. and then now the sign of the times, a million of people, mm-hmm. you seeing people getting violated every day with home invasions and right. people getting hurt and everything. So, like, how crazy is that? It's it's mind blowing for me. Facts, but when you came, so that kind of like put a a monkey wrench in your career. Of course. But after the 10 years was over and you came home, mm-hmm. did you feel like boxing was over for you? Yeah, a lot of people thought it was. You know, and, and you know, the funny thing about it, when I was away, I was running every day, right? And I remember running the yard and all these dudes was under the weight pile, lifting weights. I would run from the time that the yard started to the time the yard ended. And they like, man... I don't know why he's running, man. That thing's over. The career over with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know why he's running for. Right. And I just um, remember using that as fuel. And honestly, I really didn't know what I was going to do when I got home. I knew I was going to be in some part aspect about, you know, of the sport because I was very knowledgeable. Right. I didn't know if I was just going to be a trainer or you know, you was um, gonna be something though in the sport management or something. I just I didn't know what actual facet if I wasn't going to compete physically. 
Right. Excuse me. If I wasn't going to compete physically, I knew at some point I would be in some type of as, aspect of, of, the, of sport. the sport. Of okay. course. So I came home mm-hmm. and, you know, I uh, really had my mind set on like the business management. And so, I remember just going right, you know, to the gym and seeing some of the old, you know, trainers. And they like, yo, what's up when you... When you coming back? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Mentally, I wasn't really there. I was in shape, but I wasn't really. And so, like, we got back in the gym, and we were, were really locked in. Mm-hmm. And within six months, man, and, you know, first-round knockout came and another first-round knockout. Mm-hmm. And all those things, and, and the ones that really doubted me, next thing you know, I'm on the first page, front page of the Delhi News, and, you know what I'm saying, ESPN magazine and they I'm on ESPN right. and they was like yeah you know what I'm saying I'm I'm back so you know within the New York you know what I mean minute, minute. I was you, you was back I was right back what I want to ask you because a lot of boxers talk about promoters and yeah. they talk about the purse being snatched before the purse is made I want to give your thoughts on the Don Kings of the world the Bob Arams of the world the Oscar De La Hoyas of the world he just dropped a documentary on HBO Max and it's very good yeah. but it talks about how fame ruined his life how yeah. fame keep kept him away from his kids and also I want you to elaborate on B-Hop when he's attached to someone like an Oscar De La Hoya how do you think the boxing world really look at him particularly Philly because I don't see Philly boxers connecting to Bernard Hopkins like they should him being a GOAT him being a guy that knocked out Roy Jones What's your thoughts on that? I know that's wow. a, a, a a loaded question, but I really need to know yeah, because when I look at Mike Tyson and yes. he, how he had three hundred million yeah. and then he went broke yeah. and just how he was such a, a a like a like a a big figure to the black community during that time, yeah. but it just seemed like Robin Givens and Don King snatched his money and even down to the situation happening with Buster Douglas. What's your thoughts on that? I know that's a lot, but I need you to really get yeah, into I'm the promoters. every piece up that you're talking about. You, it's a lot, You've really bro. been thinking about that. and uh, You've been you, you really thinking about that thing, and you couldn't wait to lay, to lay that on me. You laid it on thick, you know what I mean? That pause. was a lot of, yeah, yeah, pause, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot of uh, pieces on that, you know. So, um, no, so... To take it all the way back to the beginning um, about the promoters and the making the money before the money even comes um, to one the of the pieces. Mm-hmm. One of the pieces that I do, um, I had to learn real quick was about the purse, you know. And one of the things that they really, you know, what they admired about me was the fact that. I was a self promote, you know, self made, you know, um, promoter. I could promote my own self, so I didn't need that. Okay. And it's funny that you say that because I just was having that same conversation with Scooter, right? And mm-hmm. we were having that conversation when I was in Vegas talking about the fights, which you know, I I believe it really sparked this question. So. You know, yeah, because we talked about it on live. Yes, yes. So and you was trying to give him game, and he right. shunned yeah, you. Yeah, and he kind of like, shunned me. 
Right. To a point like, yeah, and I understand it. And to that, to bring it all the way back. Right. He came to me, you know, out of respect and said, Punch Man, you know, damn, I'm really, my bad, man. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, he really, redeemed you know, himself. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I, somebody must have told him about our life or whatever, but he thought about it. And my thing was, I only really embraced you and not like he really, you know, did anything wrong. I think it was just, the, you know what I mean? The, um, the naiveness of your youth, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? When you really, you know, you feel like, yo, I'm him. Right. And you know what I mean? Technically you are. Mm-hmm. And so when you at a, at a certain pinnacle in your life, like, man, I can't, I don't really want to hear what these dudes are saying. I ain't never lost. So Danny, you know, he had this thing like a Floyd, like, you know what I'm saying? I right. ain't never lost. I ain't got to really do that. But what I'm saying to you is, okay, well, you're a millionaire. You're a legitimate millionaire. Yeah, right. How much did you invest in yourself? How much did you invest in your community? Right. That's all I was saying. Right. So, because at the end of the day, I had three billboards, you know what I mean, on, on 95. Right. You know what I'm saying? I had a car company with a billboard on top of that. They know me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They know me in my neighborhood. And you missed and everywhere. All, and I'm forget. all over the country. Let's right. not forget that. Right. Let's, so, and when and I'm you got the proof. Right. You ain't frauding. I'm not frauding. Every time a video go up, yeah. somebody that's somebody right. is in the video yes. with you. Yes. And they, and, they, hey. and, they, and, they, and they telling you. So, you know that, but in your mind. And so, not to get off a topic, but the while we're right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that really long and hard as I was coming here. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's somebody really through the test of time, they would have gave up a long time ago going through these muddy and treacherous waters, right? So I applaud people like you for these platforms because a lot of people sat in these seats that are no longer around, right? That came through the grit and the granny of Philly. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, you look at the Leah Mazins. I love Lee. You know what I mean? And she really, and I know. So that's what made me think about it. And Lee gave these dudes a run for their money, right? Absolutely. She ran circles around these people. And if they really, really embraced Leah, she would have been gone. But she did so much within her window, right? To, to a point she felt like, damn, I couldn't do because they wouldn't really embrace her to me. the point right. where she should have. She should have been going. She, she should have been, been Cardi B before Cardi mm-hmm. even, you know what I mean, existed. It was Leah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that and, and stamp that, right? But what happened is the lack of support and nobody want to really say your name. So when they don't say my name, I'm like the boogeyman in a lot of these dudes' dreams, right? They won't acknowledge me. They won't respect me. I fucking love it, bro. They respect me. They secretly watch me. They take from me. That's me. Right, right. And you seen Tone Trump, what he said about me. When he came, he said the same. And Tone is one that will say, your name. For the record, my name, Punch. Look, he'll like my stuff. He talks about me. He tells these dudes, we probably one and twos of the ones, the marketed ones. He said, man, Punch, outside of these dudes, I don't respect, but I respect you. Right. I respect your marketing this. I respect you really was in these realms. You really still here. And they tried to throw dirt 
and put me in the ground several times. You right. understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. I always I gave Gil Gilly the name Hard to Kill Gil, right? You know what I mean? Right. Because sometimes every year they were throwing dirt, dirt on, on him. Gil. They thought he was dead. He always came out with something. a diddy bop. He always came back. Hard to kill Gil. Gil. You know what I'm saying? Damn, he always crazy, kept these bro. niggas. He it's always crazy. kept these niggas See? on another level and stayed down till he finally came up. Right. Stayed down, down till he finally came up and then shot, right? So that's motivation for me because I know that mm -hmm. I've been killing these niggas. I know them. They know it. They ain't they, the ones that's here. Who goes through three generations of right. of, of 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 nonstop hustling grind, right? And still here, yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? Not the flash in the pan here today, going tomorrow. No, still here. That's right. Still grinding. Still going hard all around the world, showing real, real meaningful contacts. It ain't the, right. like you said, the fluff. Mm -mm. The, the the banana puff right. and the fraud, you know what I'm saying? You you've you've outlasted all the propaganda, and the he say she say you still here, right? And that's one thing that I say again: if you didn't have tough skin mm -hmm. and and tenacity, right. you would have been gone, right? Because they tried to throw dirt on me. Now they thought I was gone, but. I still want you to answer that question. Go back to so we go back to B -hop. go back B Hop we and go Philly back to, so and we Young go, Boxers so when and, we go and how to, they look at Oscar De La Hoya. Are you guilty by association? Because a lot of people feel like Oscar De La Hoya be raping fighters. Canelo left him. Um, Ryan Garcia left him. Mm -hmm. So do you think Philly boxers look at he's the same way, or they can separate Oscar from B Hop? Yeah, I think they can separate Oscar from B Hop. Okay. B Hop got a lot of grittiness in 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 you know, they the street, but business is business, of course. Right. Absolutely. Right. And it's shrewd. Mm-hmm. Right. And for sure. For a lot of these local fighters and ones that really had the oomph early on, a lot of people felt like, yo, mm -hmm. B could have did more. Yeah, in the same so. way they think about me. Yeah, yeah. Me could have did yeah, more. Yeah, B could have did more. And I understand for whatever reason, you know, and it's funny. I just kind of got that. I, You know what I'm saying? And I don't be wanting to feel that. I don't, you know what I'm saying? They not going to guilt me to death, but family members, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I had a conversation even with, you know what I mean, my girlfriend, and she kind of felt like, yo, you know what I mean, you don't really... You know what I mean? To post me or show that support. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, girls, and girls are yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm been, like, yo, been, I exist in real I exist in real life. Right. Not just on this social media. And I built this platform, platform. you know what I mean, on, on my own. So it's not from a selfish standpoint in terms of not sharing. But then sometimes I really feel like it's a gift and a curse because you do become jaded with this this type of thing, this vehicle. Yeah. And you like, man, like, nah. You know what I mean? Those same ones that kind of shut me. I ain't really 
No, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm the, no, we over here with it. Right. And I'm not looking over there. And it's it's all love, but I'm over here. I'm moving forward. I ain't thinking about that. Right. You, know, ain't, you put me on your platform. Hmm. You ain't share me. You ain't show me love. I ain't thinking about it, but I'm not doing the same. No, we ain't doing that. Absolutely. So I really feel like, yo, that whole thing, it's, it's a real, it's a real, um, Toxic turvy situation, man. And then when you get that, the same way Meek got it, the same way B Hop got it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know what I mean? A, a, a piece of it comes. You know what I'm saying? And you like, yo, man. Like, all right. Well, I ain't really see it from that perspective. I understand right. your feelings, but like, no, nah, I'm out here grinding every day. Right. I ain't giving no free commercials away. Not in that way. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's a commercial, man. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. And real shit. Like I'm yeah. I got I gotta go I gotta go a little bit. I've been in rooms with Kanye. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's I a know. different platform yeah. right. that I deal with because I've saw more. Right. So in a certain way I'm responsible, but then I I I, I am Really, it is. It, it's on me to guard this situation too. Yeah. It ain't like I'm gatekeeping this sauce. I'm gonna give it out, but in this, in, in but nothing. in hindsight and also in retrospect, you gave it out to Scooter and he yeah, didn't want to accept didn't it. He didn't want it. So so it's not it. like you. It's not like yeah, you're not trying to give out the game. Punch. This ain't you. So I got to really you the gift and the curse. Sometimes right. you can't. You can't save them. You can't. You can't, man. What I want to know from you, man, and we about to wrap it up. up. Oh, shit. That was quick. Yeah, because oh, we got man. another guest All right. that's coming up. But, Damn. But what I want to ask you, man, is go ahead. Is two things. Ter- is Terrence Crawford the best fighter in the world? Right. And who would you like to see him fight next? And who do you got winning on September 30th, one of the biggest fights we've seen this year between Canelo and Charlo? I don't think that's one of the biggest fights, but all right. This, I really, this this year you don't? No, I thought Tank and Ryan Garcia was one of the biggest fights, and I thought from Crawford. Tank and Garcia uh-huh. was was Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. But then where would that fall? I, no, I no? felt like I felt like because had it not been for had it not been for Ryan Garcia, there would not be no Earl Spence or Terrence Crawford. There wouldn't have been. No, Canelo. Canelo, no, because no. they would have still been pat in, in this one and that one. And I like what Earl Spence, I mean, Terrence Crawford said about Danny Garcia and, um, mm. you know, Keith Thurman. He said that, look, man, y'all would tell me go fight somebody else. Y'all went and gave me the opportunity even when I was undefeated. Y'all was telling me built myself up. Right. It was Ryan Garcia. That's why he's so powerful, even with that loss. He started that. He said, mm-hmm. I want to fight. Right. Even when Oscar and them told him, no, this is not the fight you want to take, I want to fight. Okay. And that fight opened up floodgates for all the other ones to say because they was undefeated. They were from two different promoters. Right. Let's make this fight happen. Okay. They made that fight happen. Then they, we got. Bud and, Sp- and, and Spence. Earl Spence. Then we got Canelo, Canelo. and Charlo. Right. So if that fight, so never you happened, put in, so you put in Garcia, the Garcia and Tank, number one, and yeah. Crawford, 
and Spence number two, and yeah. then Canelo and Charlo at the back at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. Really? Certain people, certain people, people, because you know what? I was there and I mm-hmm. saw the energy in the room. Yeah, you was I at saw both fights. All both of the fights, and I'll be at this fight on the thirtieth. Yeah, on the thirtieth, and that this just the magnitude mm-hmm. of the celebrity of the energy of the of of the fanfare. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of, of people, people, Garcia and and Tank. And, and Tank, it was it was crazy, and I went to both of them, the the the, the weigh-ins, and that one was outside, and the other one was inside. Now both of them had magnitude, and I was like, yeah, but it wasn't like being near of a Tyson era. It wasn't people in no. Right. It wasn't near of a Floyd Mayweather. Right. When Floyd would come, Floyd would have a whole weekend. It was pandemonium. It was everybody in the lobby. It was crazy. Yeah, they went to the fight. And after the <laughs> Yo, fight, you we know went what's to funny about party. Floyd, man? And, and he's a promoter now. But he's at all the fights. And he's always just. It's just a money smile. He's just yeah. always smiling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he know. He, he already just, know it. He just always, that's my dog. Yeah. He just always smiling at them yeah, fights, man. because he, listen, he, I, why could you be mad? Multi-millionaire no. right. is still going, and he's still generating. Right. He got one of the biggest, uh, um, you know, cash cows, you know what I mean, tank. Right. He's number one in terms of the fighters, you know what I mean? You got so him over Crawford? Yeah, he's over to Crawford. Really? Crawford just getting that money. Oh, you talking about money wise? The money wise. But what about as a boxer? Skip the money. Yeah, he over he over Crawford at this point. Crawford no. is Crawford. If we put pound for pound, it would be Tank. Then it would be Crawford. Really? Yes. You think that? I know it. What you mean? How, I respect bro? Crawford. That's my guy. He's just getting it. But his two times of undisputed. Belts, yes, but, but he didn't make the money that 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 that, that tank me. So you talking about prize money. money wise? Prize money. What about and, skill set? No, no, because because skills made pays the bills. But at the <laughs> end of the day, <laughs> shit, you can you know what I mean? You a starving artist at the end of the day. Most motherfuckers ain't eating, man. You can't eat a belt. That all that hardware and shit don't mean nothing. <laughs> Show me the money. Why you why you ain't seen Danny in a motherfucker couple years? Danny chilling because right. he still got the money. Right. He ain't hungry. Right. You know what I'm saying? He come out and eat every now and again. Yeah. And, and it's the Danny Garcia yeah, show. Sure. He ain't got the he ain't got I've been there. I right. know it. Right. So when he ain't got he ain't impressed, his ribs ain't touching. We don't see no motherfucking DMX growl. You know what I mean? Danny, all right, Dan, you want to go? He on the couch with it. All right, well, fucking put the gloves on me, punch. We on it. Come on, Angel. Let's go. We going to go steal a bag. Right. That's what he just said. He said, get put the, where the mask at. Right. He get ready to stick them up. Danny right. Garcia's show. He taking it to Brooklyn, and we going. Right. Big shout out to you, Danny, man. You know what I mean? Shout Look, out to man. Danny Garcia. Yeah, that's my Philly guy. Legend, man. Yeah. But. Tell the people how they can follow you, which yeah. you, which you, and you also let them know before we go the community work you got going on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Simon One Punch Card Mystery, where were you never there? Why would I ever care? I tell you why. I tell you why. This is why. <laughs> follow me on Instagram under One Punch Card. That's right. Follow me on Instagram under Mister Everywhere. That's right. Community activist, mm-hmm. extraordinaire. That's right. Um, Nonprofit organization called Jab Juveniles Against 
bad behavior where we give him back. We get ready to gear up for this um, holiday give back. Uh, we just gave away, you know, $5,000 in toys during the id. Mm-hmm. We coming back, you know what I mean? December, I'm going to drop these kids off, you know, in the hood. You right. know what I mean? Toys, just like Nino Brown, we've been giving out turkeys <laughs> and everything. Free barbershop <laughs> cut Free and cuts, all that. Yeah, yeah we've been doing yeah. all these things. They, they, and they, 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 and they, they act, act like, like they... yeah, we ain't been doing nothing. Like, yo, like you dormant. They don't even mention me. So we, see, this is when... You, this is another period of time, right? When they stop mentioning you, then you have to find your own thing because they just want you to go away. Right. We ain't going to mention you. We're not honoring you. you. We ain't giving you no war. Cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm watching and seeing everybody else. That's how they align themselves to make themselves seem winning. winning. But you you only real to the real when walk in the room. So they don't never say nothing. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, I want to accept this war. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, before you even got there, who was there before you? <laughs> How you? Man, shout out to my man, Watch <laughs> Car, man. Come on, Mr. Man. Everywhere, man. You already know what Thank it you, is, bro. man. I appreciate you coming, bro. Salute. Let's go. You already know. Maybach music. The big boss, Rick Ross. Right now, you rocking with the hottest DJ in the game. Let's go. What up, what up? It's your boy, DJ Bugsy. It's good to be back on the Miggity Mike. I got my second guest in the building. He needs no introduction. He represented Harlem World, you know, home of the Camrons, the Maces, the Big L's, Dipset. It's the one and only MC Jaw. Yo, what up, what up, man? What up? How you doing? How you doing, Bugs? Appreciate you, bro. Nah, I appreciate you. Shout bro. out to B. Jizzle. Nah, shout out to my brother <laughs> B. Jizzle for just opening this door for me. I'm saying, before we can meet two yeah. great men to meet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I want to go back to the beginning. Of course, we going to Harlem real quick. Mm-hmm. You're growing up, you're up, your upbringing, you're influencing on music and different things of that such. So let's start with that. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm from Harlem, right? So, yeah. how was it for you growing up? Like, just take me back to that time, your early childhood, and what kind of like influenced you to pick up a mic and get into music. The first artist that really made me mm-hmm. think I could do a rap was DMX, Chorus of Soul. Right, absolutely. The legend. Uh, yes. One of the greats. One man army. Okay, for sure. Um, my older brother used to get these the three day um three dollar bootleg cassette tapes back in the day. We didn't really have that much. On check. Canal Street, right? Nah, we we uh. had we had mad vendors, you know, on two fifth and Lennox, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about y'all yeah, had your own shit, but yeah, yeah I know, used to go to Canal Street though. You know, we're gonna try to get that money regardless. So Yeah. My brother used to come on with the three dollar make um cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. They used to steal them. Right. I seen I had streets just watching. I had um in my lifetimes by Jay Z. Mm-hmm. I had um oh I had DJ Clue, Grand Theft Auto. One of them. Oh, that was my shit. Those one of those five is. Mm-hmm. Um, you already know I had Dark um Hell is Hot. Yeah, is Dark Hell is Hot. Um, yeah, anything my brother used to get his hands on, and then he was like tired of it. Mm-hmm. I probably sneaky take his, t- his his no I don't know that you know Walkmans on the same back in the day. I yeah. feel like we had Walkmans, so I just bump it. Right. DMX was like, he was just like him and Hov was just like the, the two that, that stood out for me. Yeah, Hov and DMX. Yeah. So let me ask you this because I just brought up some Harlem Grease. Did Big L, Mace, Dipset, Jim Jones, Cameron, did them, them, them people ever influence you? Nah, of course, but they influenced me in, like, in my culture. Okay. Like, I'm saying, like, DMX and, and like, yeah, they're from the city. 
yeah, DMX you can see them in Harlem. Right. But like Dipset, they were like our culture. Like they like when you listen to Dipset, it wasn't yeah, you listen to music, but you're mm-hmm. listening to a way of life. Right. I'm saying the way we rock our clothes. You see how I I'm saying like it gets it gets it gets I wear pink, you know, nah, I really wear pink and I come in here like a man wearing pink. I'm saying, right. Because of Cam. It's, right. it's a culture. They were a culture. They were more than music. Okay, I see. And I always tell people that, and they don't be trying to hear it. Like, I be trying to tell people, like, Dipset culture, like, dress-wise is crazy. Like, but they don't get the credit. Even people, be, even, from even Kanye West said it. People are speaking, like, I don't know if you remember, you used to be like, N and 10, like, Hennessy and 10. And, like, that's all Dipset culture. Like, pause. Like, that's everything. Like, we <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah, pause is big right now. Understand, like, even Slime. Like when Islam, that comes from Vado, but that comes from a dipset. That's in our culture. Right. So like, it's yeah. like, it's that their music was like, it was different. Like, yeah, I've loved them. That's why I didn't even like mention them, cause that that's like something like, it's like our culture. Like they in our culture. Like Harlem Renaissance, you could put them in our culture. Right. Facts. So let me ask you this: When did when did music kind of like when people started to pay attention to you? When you felt like. Now you have fans. Now you got people that's bumping you, as opposed to you bumping other people. Um, when was the, when was that time? I think it's when I I think I dropped my first. No, it wasn't my first song. It was like my name switch because I used to go by four third. I used to go by four third Jaffe because I was inspired by B Jizzle, my man B Jizzle. Shout out to him on the front. Okay. And my brother, my other brother, four third Kells, mm-hmm. and LBR. Shout out to him too. Right. I used to go to the studio with them. Okay. And they're younger than me. Right. And I used to see how they put their dedication, they work, and they craft. And then I used to see how they, they express themselves during music because I used to have, you know, we are men, so like those yeah. my brothers. So I used to have one-on-one conversations, and then the conversations that we had, I could see them how he articulated during music. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, that's like, that was like the most beautiful thing I could do because like, it's my, right. and it made it made it seem like mm-hmm. he can talk to his people without hurting the person he has to talk to. I'm saying like, right, and so and that's like. What I like, I like that. I like that. That was that was cool. I like now, let's fast forward a little bit and talk about a bad time in your life, 2010, when you got caught with a murder charge, but you was exonerated later on. Can you tell me about that time frame and and how it felt to be accused of something that you didn't do, and how you was able to overcome those times and being an innocent man in prison? And what do you say to people? That are kind of like going through that right now, and and they're trying to fight a case, and they're trying to get out, and they're trying to get lawyer money up. Can you get into that? Yo, you said twenty ten. Twenty ten has changed my life. Like I was like twenty years old. I just turned twenty. I think I was like two months of being twenty years old. I just came out fresh out of teen. Okay. And um, I to get too much details. Well, I get arrested. Right. I'm saying for a murder and three assaults. Right. And from the beginning, I stayed in my innocence. Okay. Up and down. I'm saying like, so, but it's different when they say, yo, you're innocent and proven guilty. It's not like that in some in certain systems, especially in New York. Okay. I'm saying like, you really have to prove your innocence, like a silver case. Like, you know how you, like in a silver case, you got to prove that you got hurt. Right. It's like, you got to prove that you're innocent to the state of New York. Right. Or just the system. I'm not even going to say the state of New York because that's where I was at, but I'm going to say the system, period. Okay. So it was like I was 20. Mm-hmm. So I never been on Rikers Island a day in my life. Okay. Like never. Like I I did juvenile bids, Horizon, Crossroads, Brookwood. I did those skip bids. Yeah. And 
I never did adolescence, but all my peers went to, they went to Rikers Island, they went to Four Building C74. Yeah. MC never went there. Right. 20 years old, August 2010, I'm on Rikers Island for the first time in my life with grown men. It was a different, it was like a different wow. type of, it was like a different type of environment because like the stories that you hear, mm -hmm. like from your peers is different because they were on there because they were, they when the stories you hear from your peers is the good times. Yo, bro, ah, ah, yo, we cooked a meal. Ah, right. ah, yo, bro. Oh, we, ah, ah, we had, we caught wreck. That was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not, they're not gonna tell you about the time when it's 10 o'clock, 10.30, mm -hmm. you gotta lock in and you gotta wait for somebody to tell you to turn your light off and you can't have your sheet up and you can't have your, per they didn't tell me that part. Right. Understand? So it was like. So how did you adapt? Like how did, when you seen what your friends said versus what actually happened, you being on survival time, how did you adapt to that? That's the perfect, you, know, you took the words right out of my brain because that's what I was about to say. I had to survive because every day was a new experience for me because I met, even though I was in the, in the I met somebody every day and you don't know these people, you don't know these no, men people, because right. people wear masks every day. And then you got to decipher if they're there to harm you. Or they're there for you. Or they're there for you. Or they're there for their, their own personal gain. Mm -hmm. So like, so that's a lesson. So that's a survival ticket. Then you got then you got to learn how to deal with the correction. Right. Meaning the officers, the CEOs. Because that's a whole different culture that, it's not like regular police. Right. Like, like. The ones the police, the community. Yeah, we see them, mm -hmm. but we don't have to interact with them right. as much as corrections. Like we, when you act with corrections officers, you gotta act with tissue, soap. Right. Your old myself, I use my bathroom. You could be peeing down your leg, and you gotta ask another female or male to open your cell. Sometimes they could be younger than you. Right. Understand? And that, like, the thing that jail does to you is like institutionalize so you, or more. It's humiliated. It's, it's humiliated. Like. You don't understand, like, the stuff that you have to do to, like, to get your day-to-day -day business. Because sometimes you have to program your mind to, like, get by. Because sometimes, like, me, God was just told my grandma just died February 15th of this year. Oh, rest in peace to her. Yeah, so it was like, that was my mother. That's the lady who raised me and all that, through all of them. Right. So it was like, can you imagine with the time I had? I had 48 to life. Understand? 48 to life, yeah. Could you imagine it? Practicing, replaying in your mind. That the you never gonna see her. Again. Oh no, the chaplain just coming. This is the practice I have to, the mental practice I have to do because you can't have no weakness in, in, in prison. A, in a, in a, because there's no time for that. There's no time for that because one, you want to get out because you don't want to be, you want to get into a motion where you beat the president and you forget the goal because the goal is to get out. So you have to like mentally practice yourself. So I used to mentally practice myself. The chaplain coming to my cell and say, Yo, Mister. My, Mr. Bab, and he give you the little long speech. Mm -hmm. He give you the, the 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 little scripture from the Bible, or if if you're a Muslim, the Quran, and then he tell you, "Yo, Allah, or, the, or God came and took your loved one." Mm. Imagine that not happening, but you got to practice that over and oh. over and over in your mind. But now you got to do that for many people that you think you care about. So you have that weight. Then you have the opposition that mean as everything else that harms you. That's the that's the outside. Right. Sometimes people don't even worry, some people in jail don't even worry about what's going on outside. 
Then you got the things that's in the inside, the inside triggers, CEOs. Not right convicts. I don't Right. You got it's so it is so much that you have to like adapt to as fast mm-hmm. and quick because if you don't, right. you will get lost. Right. So that time, so yeah, I did like four and a half years on Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. Went went through like every building. Then I got like enhanced restraint. Mm. Got kicked off the island with the Nassau County. You got kicked off the island? Yeah, they they they, they started doing that. It's not it's not it's it, not a rare thing now. Back then, like like I got kicked off like twenty eleven, but they wasn't doing that. Okay. So like when I got, it was like I was confused because that was a whole that's another whole process because they sent me to a whole different jail in a whole different part of New York that mm. I had to adapt to too because they correctional officers is different, different from right Rikers Island down. correctional officer. Their inmates are different from I mean excuse me their convicts that they was in, their detainees are different from Rikers Island detainees and then like then I'm from Harlem. So that's a whole nother thing, a different type of culture. Like, I'm saying, like, because I'm yeah. thinking, like, yo, Long Island, like, what? I ain't thinking, like, what? You from the city? Like, we out here like that. Like, I'm saying, like, so that's another battle I got to fight through. So, Bro, like. That shit crazy, man. But that's what the system does. It's wicked. It's, and I'll tell you, it humiliates you. I'm saying, like, it, and it humbles you, too. It humbles it humbles the, the most beastiest. I don't care if you hear it. It humbles the most beastiest. I don't care if you, who you want to talk about. Right. They can stand here right now. When it, cause when you go in that cell, uh-huh. and that and it cracked, I mean it closed, and it's just you, the and toilet, the sink, and your celly. Sometimes you don't get a cell. You might be. Some people can live with a celly. In most records, in most in most state prisons in New York, you don't have a celly. So it's oh, just I didn't you. Know that. Wow. It, so it's just you. Cause if you had a celly, it's that's a distraction. Me, my celly could play chess. We could do something to pass the day. But when it's you, and yourself in that cell. There's no more keys. There's no more. You get hit the walk. There's no more radio, loud music. Right. You got to deal with the reality that you might not come home. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't wake up from that. That's true. That's why you see them on meds. You see them on the bug out like your brother. Yo, my son, what? He was getting all the eyes. My, yeah, but now he looking like Sasha Bob. All med out on railing and, right. and, and, and all the stuff that they get because he's trying to escape. His reality, because he can't go in that cell. Or he can't right. escape. What's, uh, he can't escape what's going on with him right now. Because you cannot physically escape jail. That's right. Not for your time. You have to mentally escape it. And if you can't mentally escape it and come back, you know what they say. That's that bird that out the cage, you know. So it was like, but yeah. Then I get sentenced. Oh, I go to trial. Okay. To prove my innocence. That's how. That's how. Understand because people. Trial is no joke. That's a whole no, That's a whole nother thing. It's not a. Uh-huh. It's not one of them Judge Judy joints. It's not one of them. Movie. Right. It's because so, like people think that that trial is like you one month then you out of there. No, because sometimes you have to go. You have to pick fourteen people, and sometimes the DA might not jack who you trying to pick, mm-hmm. and sometimes your lawyer might not jack who the DA trying to pick, or the judge might not jack none of the picks. So you got to go through all those pools again. So you got to wake up 5 o'clock in the morning. Bus trip, that shit cold. Right. You know what I'm But you got to keep your clothes pressed. You got to make sure your mental is good because every time you don't, every time it's a new, it's, it's that, yo, it's nothing like trial. There's nothing like, people think trial, yo, I'm going to go to trial. That is so nothing like that. So when you went to trial and you, put, and you got your innocence, what I was did. that? No, after you, 
not at, not the trial, but once you got was able to get out the day that you got the news that you was exonerated. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, the day, that was crazy. I was in Clinton. It's crazy. I was in Clinton. There was a the week of February, the first week of February, and my appellate lawyer had called me. Mm-hmm. I was on Keep Lock. If anybody know what Keep Lock is, I understand. Everybody. So I was on Keep Lock. They know about the situation. And they called me. The CEOs called me. Like, yo, you got a legal call. So I go down there. Mm-hmm. So, my, so I'm speaking to my appellate lawyer. She's she like, yo, listen, we about to... Um, Cause like before, before like I got skipped, but anything in 2016, she came with the like she came with a notion. Yo, listen, we might got something that might understand. So from 2016 to 2020, we were just trying to get the evidence, getting together. everything prepared up. She was cooking. She was going to dead ends. I uh, shout out to her. Understand Anastasia. Understand. So after that in 2020, she said, like, listen, right, we got the meat and potatoes. We're gonna serve this to this. Understand, right, to the judges if. Let's see what's going on. She, only thing she asked me, she said, oh, listen, mm-hmm. if it go our way, do you have somebody that you can get released to? I said, hell yeah. Right, for sure. Without a question. Right. So it was, I spoke to her like February 5th. February 6th came, mm-hmm. nothing happened. February 7th, oh my, February 6th came, that was the day for the motion to be, um, to be heard. Okay. She said that if it would have been heard, February 7th, I would have been gone. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a liar. February 7th, that 2020. morning, 2020, they cracked my cell. They said, yo, Mr. Bab, you out of here. I said, what? The whole jail goes in the uproar. Understand? <laughs> Movie. Right. I get in the van, ah, ah. Guess what happens, though? I don't go home. Really? No. They decided to shut down all the bridges because it was a snowstorm. So they bring me back to what the. What the fuck? They bro. bring me back to the. I'm all on my way out the gate. I hear the dispatch on the radio. Yo, bring that package back. I asked them, what package? <laughs> <laughs> what package y'all talking about? I ain't You're no right. package. Right. And they're like, yo, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I said, what's going on? Right. I forgot who was the governor in 2020 at the time. Yeah, I'm not sure. I New forgot, York. but whoever it was, he shut down the Port Authority and all, and all transits because it was a big snowstorm. I come back to my cell. I come That's back to bullshit, my cell. N- sick. My man like, yo, bro, I thought you were supposed to go home. I'm like, yeah, I thought so too. He like, yo, nah, bro, you going home. They can't keep you in. You ain't a- I'm like, bro, tomorrow is Saturday, homie. How the hell you think I'm going home on a Saturday? Right. He like, bro, you going home. Right. I'm talking to the CEOs. The CEOs like, what? I we ain't hear that. They 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 like they know, but they they're not happy that I'm like really so they're not trying to give me no information for my success or nothing to ease my mind. Right. The whole night I'm going crazy. I'm like, yo, how am I getting out of jail? Do I go go through this? Imagine I gave my whole cell away, TV, clothes, I don't have nothing in there but state greens and my legal work and my pictures I'm taking home with me. Right. Saturday morning come. First person up, CEO walks by. Yo, CEO, I'm supposed to be going home. He laughs at me. Of course he won't laugh. No, <laughs> Yo, he dead laugh at me. And my man that told me I was going home, he was up that morning too. He like, not. Nah. He spazzed him. Yo, th- yo dickhead, ah. Right. My man going home. Ah, you hating, ah. He ain't, he ain't going to feed your kids. He, my, he was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Sergeant walked by. Right. Yo, Sarge, I ain't trying to charge no trouble or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm supposed to be going home. 
He looked. He said my name. He said, oh, yeah, we know about you. You go home. We just waiting for the count. The count to clear. I said, yo, bro, you heard that? He said, nah, bro, I heard that. You go home on a Saturday. Sure enough, they cracked that gate. I went home on a Saturday. I, I, I touched New York on a Saturday. Yeah. And then the story, and then now here we are now. So so when everybody, so when you got home, what was like, what was one of the first things you did or wanted to do? I know it wasn't to hit the booth. So what what did you, what the first thing you did? Like, what was you excited about doing when you first got home? Keep it real. Everybody, my whole family <laughs> know. Shopping. <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs> oh, you go shopping, get some. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. The imagination, the magazines I used to see, the like the the styles. I used to be like, yo, right. I miss so many eras yeah, in fashion as well as hip hop. Like, I, I was in jail for like a lot of these people's careers. Like, understand? Like, right. so it was like, so I seen. So it was like, so when I came home, it was like. I had to adjust. That was a whole nother. That was a whole nother game. Yeah, because you had to learn about social media. Like yeah, social media. Internet. I knew about like like I, at first like like because I left was Facebook. I was right. like Facebook, Twitter was just coming. Twitter's about, but we was getting on Twitter. We came from Skull Next. We came from MySpace. Mm-hmm. So that was all. Like we was good with. The, I saw social. We we transitioned. But you didn't know about Instagram because you was locked out. No, but of course camera. I know about Instagram because you know we have magazines. I have I have family. I'm saying who's very in tune. So of course so they were sending you kites and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So. That wasn't like that wasn't the 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 the, the social media was not even my worries. It was how to make a dollar in twenty twenty in New York. Right. As a thirty as a, I was twenty nine at the thing when I came out, I was twenty nine. Right. I mind you, I didn't even know how to drive. Really? Hell no. Oh shit. That shit. When crazy. I got locked up, I didn't know how to drive. I, all my people, all my, free all my niggas, but everybody could tell you, right? One thing about me, yo, bro, they were client, bro, you did, but you don't know how to drive. You did all this tough <laughs> shit, but you don't know how to drive. And it used to, uh, at first, it used to feel like a joke, right? But then when I go on myself, right. and I think really about it, that's yo, crazy. bro, I don't know how to drive. And then you hear all these stories, even if they lies or not, y'all been in this car, I've been in that car, I drive this, I drive. And it was like, something like, damn, I couldn't even relate. And right. I used to be like, damn, they... That's what the system took. They took a whole. I'm like, damn. So now I came home. I had to like, I had to get that. Like now yeah. I drive. Like right. I drive everywhere. Understand? And anything. Yeah. I drive. Um. That was one thing. Society too, because another thing you had to. When I first came home, I tra- mm-hmm. I treated society like I was in jail. Okay. Like the even the individuals. I, I so I thought all the smiles were fake. I thought all the handshakes, the welcome home. I thought all that was fake. And I didn't even that so I didn't so I had to readjust like yo like in my, and I do it to this day too because my because sometimes I do it with my family any of my relationships sometimes I treat understand like and it's like my family has to like understand sometimes like yo bro you're mm-hmm. not in prison no more right we're not a gang right we're not a group of hooligans that you're controlling we're your brothers you're your sisters we that's I'm your wife understand so that's something that you have to, I don't so know you're if you're married. Go, no, I have, I've been with my girlfriend for a long, 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 long time. Yes, so it's like okay. th- that's another challenge. You gotta, you got, you got. Understand? Now how was that? How was it being able to maintain your relationship with your woman while you was in prison? I didn't. I had multiple. So it's like, like it's, I don't like it's, it's it's hard to get a strong woman. Understand? Like those don't come. Yeah. Those don't come by like to mentally lock you down. Right. Those those don't come by. But I had like brief stints. Understand? Like. 
something to pass the time, six months, 18 months, two years, whatever. Understand? Whatever. Right after the two year mark, they fell off. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't, like, understand, like, after phone calls, kites, phone sex, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It get it get it get it get stagnant. That's why, as a man, you have to you have to uplift yourself in that situation. I'm talking about books. I'm talking about like especially books. That's like the main thing. I I can't. You read a lot of books. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like I read the most books in prison in my life. I read more books in prison than I read in school. Period. Period. Damn, bro. And what was what book you would say kind of like stuck with you even to this day? Oh, Blood of My Brother. Okay. Understand? You know what that's about, right? By George Jackson. It was a letter between between him and Jonathan Jackson. It was his little brother. George Jackson was the mm-hmm. leader of the Black Guerrilla Family in California. Also, and then Jonathan Jackson. They were revolutionaries. They okay. were the, they were Black Guerrilla Family is not they were revolutionaries. Almost like the not say the tougher part of Black Panther, but they were just the jail version of Black Panther. He was all amazing revolutionaries. But Jonathan Jackson was 16. It was his little brother. And the way he used to correspond with his brother at the age, mm-hmm. at that time, and his brother being so aware about racism, the economy, how we was unfair, how we, like, the, like, what, how he was, he, at 16 years old, he already knew what the effect of slavery did, just mentally to, to black people, our people understand, right. and then he used to tell it. He and the way he used to express his his anger to his, his brother because his brother was locked up. His brother used to, mm-hmm. to, to control him, like not control him, but not to tell him, like, bro, listen, yeah, the odds is against us, right. but we got to do this. Mm-hmm. But in the long story, though, George Jackson ended up dying. The best they tried, Jonathan Jackson tried to um, break him out of um, out of out of court. They end up he ended up dying in the city, and then George Jackson ended up dying in prison, stage murder. But that book stuck with me because to to be sixteen and to be so enlightened at that age, mm-hmm. it was amazing. I was and I was like twenty two reading it, twenty three, twenty two or twenty three reading that book, and I felt like I was so. I felt like I was little. It kind of made me feel like and I didn't know nothing. But yeah, but like at the time, that age was a number. Like you not it doesn't matter. You that the age. Yeah. yeah, he was sixteen and was so awoke that if he'd have lived his life, understand if his life was he would have been a beast. You been a beast. Facts. Mm. Let's talk about the projects you dropped early this year. Um, Master of Currency, man. Let's let's get into that. Oh. And, and and what was the process like for that? Cause I know you got other music that you did, but what what do you feel like is different in this project than it was with the other ones? I right, so Master of Currency. And how did that name come about? Do you feel like you are a master when it comes to that? Yeah, that's when it comes to the bread. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. They know. They know. They know. That's, it's just tattered on me. They know. But, oh, it's um, tattered on you? Yeah, I got my hope. My, that's my brand. Charlie May. CMC is Charlie May Children. Those. This is my grandmother. Her name was Charlie May. But we call it Charlie May Clan, CMC. Really? Yeah, Charlie May Clan. We her grandchildren. Yo, bro. That shit deep, man. That's what's up, though, man. Because... Cause, now your your grandmother died when you got out of prison. This is my mother's mother. This is well, see, like the grandmother who passed away. That was my father's mother, which is my nana. Okay, and that's who, that's who raised me. This is my, my this lady's this lady passed me to her. 
like it was from grandmother to grandmother, understand? So yeah. like, when she went to house, when she passed. So wow. that, that was how that transition went. So Okay. Like, so that's how like that's And that's how, how you came up with the CMC. I came up with the CMC because I didn't know my siblings. We were all adopted when we was younger. Really? Hell so yeah. you come from being basically an orphan. Almost because if my grandmother didn't pass me to my my other grandmother, I'd have probably been a child of the system as well. I have six brothers. We always we understand. Unfortunately, like mm-hmm. I mean, fortunately, I, my grandmother was able before that to pass my grandmother, but that wasn't the situation for the rest of my brothers. And we all just met back when I came home in 2020, like reunited. Wow, man, that's bro. That's that's I, CMC started right. on her birthday in 2020, right there. In there. That's dope, what's her man. birthday? Thank you. May 9th. That's dope, man. That y'all all came together, man. Because that's that's rare, bro. So, Honestly. But me, go ahead. So like oh Master so, of Currency. So yeah. Master and Currency. My first project was Finally Free. Yeah, Finally Free. And um that that that's self-explanatory. But that so I was just happy for that. And I and it was my first project. So like the first song in it was like it was like a, that project was like, yo. MC's rapping. My name wasn't even MC at the time. It was four third. I had I was four third job because I told you I was inspired by my man four third Kells. Yeah, four so, third Kells. I know him. So, well, he fought. We follow each other on the ground. Yes, yeah. my boy. Problem. Problem. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Tap in. Problem. Ghost wave. Problem. <laughs> tap in. Be jizzle. Problem. Poison with the vibes. Tap in. Problem. Those problems from the hood. So one day I'm saying he might be but nobody know but one day we, me and him had a conversation mm-hmm. he like yo bro yo my name is 4-3rd Kells I know he was four, from 4-3rd right. he said I've been establishing I'm saying 4-3rd as my name he said no he said I understand but no disrespect but I understand like I don't want to seem like we a group because I'm trying to do my own thing you feel me so he wanted you to change your name of course right as a man I understand that he came to me I understand that I had the love and respect to even understand like yeah I said you know what I got you. Mm-hmm. So I sat down. Try to forget a name. Yeah, I'm saying so. I'm like, if I'm doing this music thing, mm-hmm. let's take it back to the essence. Right. What was the first? What was the first artist called, man? Uh, MC. <laughs> right. I understand. So now I had to go, like, I'm saying, go down for what MC man. Yeah. Man, and that was a ceremony. Yes. And yes. So I'm like, so when I looked at, it, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I gotta like, I gotta like. Throw some sauce on that, like I'm yeah. saying, like I got like it had. I was gonna, I said, master of cash. I'm like, no, that's too boring. Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's not immaculate. So I said, you know what? We're gonna do a master in currency, like, and that, and it stuck. I said, my name, master of currency, MC. Yeah. Right. So now, I did the whole, the whole finally project. Switched right. the name. My first, I said, yo, I said, drop for a third. Now on some dish shit, MC Joff. That'd be my new shit. So from then. Did that project? That's what, that was the project to tell people, yo. And my heart, yo, listen, I'm taking, I'm rapping. Right. Yeah, but listen, I'm rapping. I'm not. I might not have know what my sound is at right now. Yeah, but, listen, but I'm rapping. I'm rapping. I'm finding my. I said, I'm going in the studio. I'm crying and they see me. So when Master Cursey, I had got ups and down reviews. People kept, like, yo, keep working. Ah, ah, yo, trash. You gotta take those. Understand? Like, understand? Yeah. Like, you gotta take those if you want to be great. Yeah, for gotta, sure. Understand? So, but I mean, it's still early for you, and and I and I feel like. Even me hearing it, I'm like, you. It's seasons. It's different seasons. I mean, even B Jizzle. When I look at his earlier projects to where he is now, mm-hmm. he has grown as an artist, and that's the same thing that's going to happen to you. You're not going to get the craft of rapping overnight. 
All these guys dipset, just like even if you look at Jim Jones, Jim Jones to me rap better than Cameron and Jules right now. But when they first came out, it was all about Cam and Jules, but not no mm-hmm. more. To me, Jim Jones rap better than them right now, me personally. When I, you look at his I, newer I, projects I, compared to where he was when it was just all dipset, the nigga rapping way, way better. Yes, bro. he found he, has he found finally his found com- it. His confidence he has and he sees that he, what that as an individual, his hands on the culture, the way he does. So now he can talk about what he's done for the culture individually. Exactly. Not as just not as a group of different, like, yeah, we, but as individually, we could tell, we understand, like, like he has, if, it, if you want to say he didn't come up with the idea, but he was a poster child. If it came from Max, if it came from Stax, mm-hmm. it came, he was a poster child. It was the idea that they had to, understand, nurture through him, and it went through the culture. We got rock star belts, him. Yeah. You understand? Like even if it came from anywhere Skull else, gang, all that. If it even came from Miami and Zos, and when he came, when he did it, and he like, and he made, and he made us. You understand? Like do it. Like it was like, nah, Jim did that. Exactly. Like it's like uh, Jim. You understand? Like so, it was like he got a hand in the culture and the music, and yeah, he got so much better. Like that's like he got, yeah, he got way like fraud better. department was like one like, like one of the first things I, I listened to in twenty twenty. Bada Bing, um, Viola. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is on my what up? He has a song called Oh, Oh, Lap, um, Lap Around the Sun. He yeah, he has so, like, he, and he start, now you can tell, like, he's, he's, and he's, he's embracing his age. For sure. Yeah, he might understand, like, but he's embracing his age. Like, you can tell, like, in his, he's, and then when he jumped, then we did a song with Migos, I was actually surprised at that. Oh, that was big. That, that was shit. Big. And that was before, and then right, now it's going to take off, get killed. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy to RP takeoff, man. Like, you just got to, like, sometimes, like, and I'm trying to, I'm starting to learn that, like, you can't put yourself in every situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I, don't I, can't, I can't talk my, about. I just I, was telling my, my son that earlier because my son was getting mad today at a student that was arguing with another student. I'm like, that's not your fight, son. You got to learn to say, even though that's your friend, sometimes, People jump into the wrong fights and they be the victim and everybody else walk away and you dead. And it's not worth it, bro. Facts. And I, I don't want to speak on nobody's situation because I don't know the details, but it's just like sometimes I wouldn't even put my, myself in a situation if I have the opportunity that he did. But I'm not saying that it's regular. Nobody knows. Nobody can't tell you when you're about to go. No. In a sense, like, understand, like, so it was like, I can't say your bro shouldn't have put himself there. Right. He didn't wake up and say, yo, you know what? He didn't get it like a message, yo, I'm going to die. I'm golfing. Understand? Somebody yeah. will take my life right here. And then still go. Like, right. it's, it's so you just we, never I can't, know. Yeah, you can't. I, so I can't speak on life and death. I just can speak on preventing stuff. Understand? Like if it's right. just like you just gotta know to prevent stuff. If like if it's preventable, then prevent right. it. If it's not preventable, handle it the best way. Situation, but you mu- you must. What you gotta do? You gotta mm-hmm. give them. You gotta don't give them an option, a way out. Before you do anything else, you gotta give that person or yourself a way an option before you do any other decision that's gonna be detrimental to your freedom, your family, and your money. That's a fact. Now I wanna ask you about Dipset, because a lot of people from Harlem was hurt when the verses came about. So I wanna know what's your thoughts when you first seen <laughs> oh, nah. Dipset battle the locks. Did you was you team Dipset or was you team Hands Of course. Down. But I'll when you seen how it played out, what was you thinking to yourself? I seen lack of comradeship okay. and dipset. Right. Like from the the edits and like, you know, the little stimulus they was doing in the videos and like the before that look I'm like, oh no, that's the dip that we know. But when mm. you when you seen the performance, it was like 
three individuals that they just met each other for the first time that day. And like, right. shout out to Jadakiss. Understand? Mm-hmm. Like, like right. that's a great, that's the Gemini. Understand? Shout out to him. Yeah. So sure. it's like, like I'm saying, he did what he's supposed to do. Understand? Like, what a Gemini is supposed to do, he took the stage, <laughs> controlled the crowd. Because right. my thing is this if you don't want the opportunity, I know what to do with it. Understand? Like, and it's not saying that, like, their songs were much better or like Dipset didn't have to it's just when you have when you show fear to wolves <laughs> this is gonna happen yeah. and not saying that you're not a wolf either cause those we know I just told you what they did as a culture right. but when you're not in sync as a pack it ain't gonna work you know and we just seen what happened when unity doesn't work yeah that's the only that they lost because they wasn't united. That's the only reason why they lost. Yeah, because if you look at even after it was over, they all kind of like just did their own thing. They came with separate. They, they came yeah. with separate entourages. Yeah, they, they still they still held grudges. No, I don't know who, but they still held grudges that it couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I ain't got the bag, but this was more than the bag. This was for culture because at the end of the day. There's been so much talks, understand, about Yonkers or that area not being yeah. a part. Right. And when they when it came to the biggest stage, with understand, show that they part, they, they really them. New York. Right. They took us out the water, understand? Like so, they showed like it'll be re New York too, and right. might be more New York than the people in New York. Understand? Like like you <laughs> right. know what I'm trying to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was like I definitely feel what you. So it was to like say. that was a, that was it was definitely a great match. It was definitely like mm. we heard all the joints that we were supposed to hear. That freestyle, that was a little understand up, up, down, down, left, left, right, right. We didn't know that was coming. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> <laughs> that was a cheat code. That's yeah. We didn't know that was coming. But right. I also think that Dipset DJ wasn't on point. Like I feel like he should have been, I don't know. They should have had a conversation. I don't feel like he was on point like he should have been. Nah, that DJ. I don't know. They're supposed to get, I don't know who they supposed to get. They supposed to probably get just Blaze. They supposed to get somebody. They supposed to get somebody from yeah, the definitely not. They supposed to get guru. They supposed to get somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah bro. Damn somebody. But yo, back to this your question, because I want to get off a topic. Master yeah. of Currency. Master of Currency came about. That with that project took a lot, like a lot. Like I got songs on there that have verses from people from a year. Like they gave me a verse from like understand shout out to my man Joffrey Type Tiger from Queens. Okay. Can't tune with him. He gave me a, he he on the song What You Know About It. But Master Currency came about like was like, mm-hmm. oh nah, I found my I found oh, I felt like I me at this time I felt like I found what I wanted to talk about. I felt like I found my breath control on the beat. I yeah. felt like I found my stanzas on where I wanted to rap and how I wanted to say it. Yeah. I like the hooks. Yeah. You make some dope ass hooks, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Them hooks is crazy. That's how I start, man. Because that's what people gotta realize. Like, it's cool, the verses, not saying they can't be outstanding, but the hooks is what draw the person in. Mm-hmm. So if your hook's not, it's like uh So what hook did it for you? Um, the joint you got with 43. What's the the hook that I like the best is the um, song you got with 43. No hook? No, it's not no hook. No, no. It's something. It's something else. You I got to pull, um, pull up the list. We got, we got, we got mm-hmm. Master of Currency. Then it we got is. Two-Sided Coin. Then we got... I'm going to tell you. Invincible. Mm-mm. Nope. It's not that. I'm going to tell you. Give me one second. I'm going to pull it right up. Yeah. Look at me running down my catalog. Not lying. Oh, that's not that's my man. Oh, that was my own. That's that was. That oh, was matter of fact, Mister Armani. Yeah, that's Taz Armani. Yeah, Shout not lying. That hook is crazy. Yo, let me tell you about that. Right, it's crazy, right? Because actually, mm-hmm. a female was supposed to sing that hook, right? And you know, everybody laughing, right? Because <laughs> because she couldn't make it. 
to the session. Nah, she could not make it to the session. And well, why she couldn't make it later? It was it was you had to because I was on I was on like a time schedule like like okay I was I like like that. like I really like like with master that's what you said with master currency I really was like doing video shoots studio time clothes wardrobe uh flyers so it was like I was really trying to like trying to really do like the rundowns right. of a project like I'm saying like even with the marketing you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I had crackheads. I used to pay crackers ten dollars a block. You'll put you'll put Master Currency Fly on each car. Sorry for you if y'all seen a Master Currency Fly in your car. That was me. <laughs> I just said you woke up to a Master Currency Fly in your car. Right. It wasn't a ticket. Right. It was a fly. You know what I'm saying to cop my shit. <laughs> That's dope. But um, yeah, I was just trying to like. So I had a little my little street team. Mm-hmm. So like, so what happened was. She didn't come and I and like my engineer had like a like he had to do something. Shout out to um my man damn Sean. Honestly, he did most of my whole both I think he did both of my my, my EPs, my project. Um he did no hook to. Okay. Um but yeah, so it was like he was like he had to he had to do something. I'm like, yo, bro, yo, what we gonna do? Like, understand? Mm-hmm. He like, yo, bro, you sing that shit. Right. I said, What? <laughs> I'm not singing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, he like, yo, bro, you're talking about your life, homie. Right. How can you not say this? This is Armani in the studio talking to me. This is Sean talking to me. Right. This is my lady talking to me. They like, yo, bro, who else was there? For? I forgot who else, but I know them three. They like, yo, bro, how you cannot so? I'm like, bro, I don't know how to sing. Right. They like, and you know these rappers be trying to sing. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't want to sound like, oh, uh, I ain't lying. I, I, I want to sound like that. Right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yo, man, you wild as shit, bro. Yo, so, so yeah, so like, so, um, so my man, like, my son, my son, my son, like, yo, I got you, bro. Like, yo, he like, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna mess with this auto tune thing. We gonna get this right. Yeah. Like, gonna do a couple of stuff. So, I listened to it. I listened to. So I, I said it. So I'm like, I ain't lying. But but I'm sounding funny because it's my first time ever hearing my voice in order tune. Mm. So I don't. So this is a new thing to me, and and so I gotta try to like. So I'm like, I ain't lying. I'm like, so I'm thinking like now I'm thinking about all the people who use auto tune, <laughs> Wayne. So all these impersonations is coming in my mind trying to sound like it's like how it's supposed to sound. Yeah. I'm doing T Pain. I'm I'm like, so I'm like, alright. So I'm like, so T Pain and too much. That's what yeah. Said. So I'm like, you know what? So my like, so I think my lady came mm. in, and I think she like, yo, bro, just like. Yo, this your life. I'm Be just gonna yourself. say, yeah. yeah. But feel it. So now I think at that time, dang, at that time, I don't know what I was just feeling. I just said it though. Like I'm saying, like I just thought about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I ain't lying. I done been through it all. I ain't crying. A nigga still standing tall. I done did that time, that jail time, and I ain't have no friends. I'm back home, I'm back up, and I'm back at it again. So like when I heard it, when I like and like when she like it's giving me goosebumps too, cause it's really my life. Honestly. Right, like, yeah, so when, a lot so of when she be, sung it, but like, so, that's like so when she sung it, I didn't want to take that because I felt like she was talking to me. Yeah. But when I did it, it felt like and she and it's like, yo, nah. It's a pat. Now go ahead, cause this right. is this is you. Understand? Like I showed, like I showed, like she showed me the rough draft, like because. But she and like, you, nah, this you is, executed. Yo, this is you. Understand? And then that's how it came out. And I just I closed my eyes. I thought mm-hmm. about that cell. I thought about this the release date. I thought about the arrest date. Right. And then that's and that's how you got not lying. 
fire, bro. Yeah. Let's talk about this event you got coming up on the 24th. Now, tell me how, how that came about and, and what the people can look forward to with that. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my man DJ Magic High 97 riding out. This is 10th year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, I met DJ Magic at um doing the showcases. Okay. I, um, I think we was in Brooklyn, right, Ghost? I think me and my man Ghost was in Brooklyn. We did a showcase that time. Yeah. And my man, shout out to show me, um, Showcase George. Okay. He um he I did that event and I went up there. This is like I think it's like my I think my first first big like cause I never did nothing like you know, he's like, ah, nine seven DJ you know yeah. I, I I never did nothing like and it's the now and then lounge. Oh yeah, the now and then lounge in Brooklyn. Okay. And they had it was like it was a whole it was like real con- like it looked like a state. I'm like, oh now it was a different now nah, this is different levels. It's not like rapping like Doing them other little pop up, not not, yeah. not saying nothing wrong with that. Shout yeah. out to all those, all those who throw those, because I I will go to those again right now if I'm, I'm saying like if I jump in, I'm going back to those if I could make it when I make it. Mm-hmm. So when I say so when I say um so yeah he was there. I think I did what songs I did that I did I did a song called the block mm-hmm. and I did um intro. Okay. So I started off with the block. The crowd was feeling it. At the mm-hmm. time, if you knew your shit was hot, the DJ would drop something. Like, I was paying attention to DJ. Like, the DJ was feeling your shit. Yeah, it drops. Like, so I was telling my family and, and CMC, I'm like, yo, bro, yo, when I get on there, yo, somebody, I might be in the moment, but make sure he, you got yeah, hear yeah. that. You know what I'm So what we, we going through it, and we heard, I'm, I'm going through my performance, it's me and Ghost, we're on the stage. And in the middle of the performance, I hear the- The sound effect. <laughs> I just lost my mind. Like, oh, now it's not a competition. I'm having a concert now. Right. So <laughs> it, it turned from a competition to a concert. So I, I got Inspired. off the stage, yeah. boom, boom. Then my second song was called The Intro. That's when I got real serious through the hood on them. Understanding, just broke it down and saying who I was, who MC Joff was. And that's the yeah. song I said, Joff for a third. Now on some dish shit. MC Joff, that'd be my new shit. Never switch the size. That'd be that new shit. So um, that's fire, bro. So and then after that, I, mm-hmm. I got up the stage. I dropped, I dropped the mic on. If you go on my gram, it's mm-hmm. on the gram. Okay, you might hear over the whole song, but I mean the whole <laughs> recording because she's going crazy. Shout out to Tati, you know. And so yeah, then master. So back to master occurrence. Oh, DJ, oh, so back to the DJ Magic. So yeah, the, we got the, cool like September twenty four. So yeah, so when I got B Jizzle, B performer. Oh, yo, that's the gang. That's third block. You got B Jizzle. Right. You got Poison with the Vibes. You got Four Third Kells. You got Ghost Wave. And you got myself. That's the, that, yeah, that's the Hampton Five. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I got, I'm saying, if you're yeah. not from New York, even if you're not from New York, I'm saying, pull right. up. That's the pull Hampton up. Five. Right. I'm saying, like, we're going to give you good music. We're, we're going to give you something I'm saying, that you're going to take home. We're going to give you a performance. We're not going to rap over our words. We know our words. We're going to give yeah. you a live performance. That's fire. So bro. it's like shout out to Harlem, man. Y'all, y'all got a lot of greats, man. Now we coming y'all, as a group. Y'all, y'all, y'all got a lot of greats. So what's next for you, bro? Like, what, what do you see in twenty twenty four? Like, what, what are you back in the studio working on the next project? Oh yeah. Oh, he's, do you want to get into more than just rapping? Do you ever think about acting? Like, what's what's next for you moving forward? I feel like I just. I feel like I just got to the water. I didn't even get my feet in the water in a rap game. So I, it's so much to learn, so much game to soak up, so much people to understand, so much lessons mm-hmm. to learn. So right now, me and my man Four Third Kells got something cooking up. No, for real. Yeah, we got we got we got this. We don't even know the name of it yet. Right. 
We know no hook is on it though. I understand that's what that been on the radios. That been on been on one oh five self had it. He been going crazy with it. Been the that's club's going up. crazy with it. Go ahead, shout out to DJ Self. Yo, shout out to my son DJ Self. You already know good in the team. Um Yeah, so we about, we don't even know the name. I don't even know what we're gonna call it. Right. But we right. got like we got about like six good joints in the chamber right now. That's on the up. Understand, like now, do you and B Jizzle? Did y'all collab with something? Yeah. Yo, it's crazy you said that, right? Because B if B <laughs> watch this. He gonna be like, I told him, I told him we should have this on. Yo, it's crazy. You wanna hear the real thing? Like, why me and B Jizzle don't got a track right now? Right. Cause at the, I hold B Jizzle and Kels. I told you they inspired me and rap. Understand like right. to rap. So I hold them at like a certain certain level. Like, and I feel like understand. Like, he tells me all the time, yo, bro, it doesn't matter. We can go in there for five hours. We gonna we gonna come out with something. But to honor his time, because I know what time is, I'm gonna respect his time. I'm gonna yeah. come up with, I'm gonna come. And you're gonna be ready. Yes, understand? So, whatever, because I seen him work in the studio. If you ever seen BJ working in the studio, it's like, it's a different type. Him, Kel, they, my boys, they, they, they go, it's a different type of vibe. Like, I'm saying, like, so it's like, because they could really rap out of thin air. I yeah, seen them they, do it. Yeah, and they jizzle, so, man. Shout out to my bro, yo, man. Like, we, I was up just front, LBR, Borough Boy, CMC. And before we vibes. go, I gotta give Harlem a big shout out, and I gotta give B Jizzle a big shout out because these last two episodes was pure Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Every artist that came on was from Harlem. Shout out to my man Duncan. He was on here too. Understand? Yes, Harlem yeah. born. Yeah. So. Shout out to Harlem, man. Shout out to the whole New York, man. I just really appreciate uh, embracing a Philly DJ and just showing love to the platform and just all the artists that came through, man. I really, really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you coming on. Nah, I appreciate on, you, I understand, giving us the time and opportunity because time is important. You can't yeah, waste sure. enough of time, especially That's an important one like us. Yeah, so for sure. So I, I, I know I was a little bit late, I understand, but I'm, 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 I told you I was going to I was, I was gonna pull up. Yeah, for and sure. I, mean, I appreciate you just giving us, giving me, my, I understand, my family, my brand, yeah. my movement, just to, just in the in the world, just the opportunity just to know MC Jaff, and I appreciate that. No doubt, man. Anytime, man. Mm-hmm. You already know what it is. Make sure you check out Door for Hip Hop Podcast, streaming on all platforms. Make sure you follow the DJ Bugsy channel, man. Subscribe, share, comment, keep it hip hop. Peace. <laughs>